You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What lots of people thought was going to be the toughest game for the Eagles of the season ended up really, it wasn't that tough. It was not that tough, and a lot of those reasons were because the Eagles finally got together what they had been struggling with for the last couple weeks, run defense, whatever the offensive game plans and play calling were. They finally got everything under control today. There were a couple wrinkles here and there that we will absolutely talk about, but ultimately, the Eagles come away with an extremely, extremely dominant win. Welcome into the BGN Instant Reaction Show. I'm Jess Taylor. I'm here, as always, with Shane Half. Shane, Immediate reaction, what are you feeling walking out of this game today? The Eagles just boat raced a, a pretty good football team. Uh, the Titans, just a few weeks ago, the Titans held the Chiefs to 17 points in regulation, and the Eagles pulled their starters with 10 minutes left. So right, uh, just an incredibly special performance from the offense, especially just to just the hard pivot. Last week, they rushed for 363 yards. This week, Jalen Hurts throws for 380, and he's pulled from the game with 10 minutes left. Uh, this team can win however you want to force them to beat you, mm-hmm. and that's such a change from last year, and it get, inspires such confidence moving into a tough stretch of games at the end of the year and into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, what was really impressive, there were, I think, two facets of the game that were extremely important for the Eagles to have such a dominant win. One I mean, this is they put up 35 points, and this is a Titans team that in the last eight games had not allowed more than more than 20 points. And then the other side of that is, you know, holding Derrick Henry to under 40 yards rushing from this defense who, you know, the run defense had been questionable for, you know, throughout the season at different points. Obviously, you know, they, they made a lot of – that up a little bit with Linval Joseph. Um, as well as Indama Sue, but, you know, Jordan Davis coming back as well is a, is a huge help there. So, you know, those two factors, you're, you're absolutely correct. You know, this is a team that, you know, the, the Chiefs did have a tough time with. And the Eagles, I, I mean, aside from the penalties, which, I mean, did they get the record for penalties in a game in franchise history? Possibly. Um, but it was, other than that, you know, they they played a pretty, I mean, it was a completely dominant game on both sides of the ball. Yeah, it, it was a sloppy game in terms of penalties, and I'm sure we'll get into that and some of the questionable penalties as well. But the Titans are known as a physical team, a big physical team that likes to hit hard. They bully other teams. They win in the trenches. And for 50 minutes of that game, while starters were in the field or on the field, the Eagles just dominated the point of attack on both offense and defense. And so you know, they outbullied the bullies that the Titans, that's what they're known for. The Eagles beat them at their own game today. And like you said, stifled Derrick Henry. He never got anything going. And you even saw at some points, I thought the Eagles daring the Titans to run the ball on uh, on first downs. They came out in some of their four down fronts and the Titans just threw the ball. They 
The Eagles got on them early. They they stopped the run. Even the Titans alone, the Titans alone touchdown. Uh, it, it, they convert a fourth down on a Ryan Tannehill scramble that extended a drive. Like structurally, the defense was great today. Tannehill was able to escape and make some plays uh, out of structure. And you know, you're not game planning to keep Ryan Tannehill in the pocket if he's going to beat you with his legs. You let him, but uh, or I guess not let him. You make him do that, but that was never going to last. And the Eagles just really clamped down after that touchdown and the Titans really didn't do anything offensively the rest of the game. No. And I think something that we had talked about a, a couple different times is one of the frustrations up to this point had been, you know, not necessarily feeling like the Eagles were game planning for who was in front of them, but instead they were just game planning to, to be a certain identity or to be identified as a certain type of defense or even a certain type of offense. And I thought today, both sides of the ball was one of the few times this season where we had specifically seen both both coordinators game plan directly for the opponent that they would be facing. You think about it last week and the fact that, you know, of the, the you know, on the ground performance that they had. And like you said, pulled a complete 180 and, you know, it changed up. Obviously, if you're that's what you need to do against the 31st, you know, passing defense in the NFL. That's what you expect to do. And it's a good thing. And you expect them to go do that. But sometimes they do that fun thing where they outsmart themselves. And similarly, on the defensive side of the ball, you stop there. And if, you know, he's able to beat you himself, fine. It's a different game. But if you are able to try to force him to beat you and you do something like win 35 to 10, that's exactly how they should have gone in. Again, aside from the penalties, they went in and did exactly what they needed to do. Shane, dare I even say in all three phases of the game today? Yeah. Uh, was this just like an extremely long con by the Eagles special teams for the first 11 weeks? They're like, hey, let's make this look like a weakness. And then when we need it most, which today might not have been the day they needed it most, but all of a sudden we have a return no. game. We're not making special teams mistakes. I still don't understand what happened. Who knows? But I mean, Britton Covey with, with some returns here, returns and, and, and didn't get blown up every time. Yeah. He had a couple good returns and and the kick coverage was really good too. You know, that was a big deal against the Packers. And I know N'Kobe Dean had a big hit on one of the kick returns. There was a couple others. So uh, yeah, if you could just remove the penalties, you would say this was like a completely, it was like a perfect performance in all three phases of the game. And, you know, there's some penalties here or there, but it's the most complete game I think the Eagles have played this season. So let's get into the penalties a little bit, because obviously we have to yell and scream about something. Is it because they were the false starts at least trying so hard to get off the line of scrimmage quickly to do what they could to negate that extremely difficult Titans pass rush or defensive front that they were just jumping the ball too quickly or, you know, was it, is it something we should be concerned about? Was it a fluky thing for today? What are your thoughts? Um, I, I think it's, I mean, I think it's probably a fluky thing for today. Like, I'm never going to be concerned about something that happens in one game unless it's the first game of the year. And then we get to overreact to everything, but it hasn't been an issue all year. Uh, the fall starts. That's not something you typically see at home. Uh, maybe you see it on the road with noise. I'm not sure what was going on there. And it felt like once the fall starts ended, all the holding penalties started and on both sides of the ball, I thought the officials were just, it was a lot of ticky tack holding calls and, and a lot of different penalties, honestly, across the board. There were 19 penalties 
flagged in this game. And uh, a lot of them didn't feel like penalties necessarily, but it's just the way the game was being officiated. It felt really choppy. Like it wasn't an enjoyable viewing experience, especially early in the game. But I, I said, I said on Twitter, it kind of feels like it kind of felt like when you were a kid and you had a friend over to play Madden and he didn't have the game. And so you just came up with like challenge rules to equal the playing field. Like, you know, if I get to third down, I have to punt something like that. It felt like that's what the Eagles offense was doing. Like we're, we're, we're firing on all cylinders. We're just going to start first and 15 every time and make it a challenge for ourselves. Yeah, it was extremely choppy to start. And, and especially what you said in terms of being at home and usually that's what happens on the road with noise. It has for an outdoor venue with fans as crazy as Eagles fans. It was pretty quiet in there for the Eagles to go to work on offense. So it was, you know, all whatever they were doing. And, you know, I have a feeling that Jeff Stoutland is not going to be a a happy camper in practice this week. Yeah, definitely not. We got some breaking news here on the podcast. Uh, The Giants just missed a 58 yard field goal that would have uh, given them the win. So Washington and the Giants are going to tie, which is actually great news for the Eagles because it basically counts as a loss for both teams when it comes They're to... They're going to tie? Yep. So Washington and New York tie. So uh, a good day gets even better for the Eagles. Not that it's likely to matter. Uh, the Eagles really aren't battling with the Giants and Commanders, but it's still funny to see. I mean, it could end up coming down to it because the, the Eagles are... I, not the Eagles. The... NFC East is a division that, you know, all four teams could end up in the playoffs. Yeah, I think it would. Well, before this week, if the season had ended after last week, all four would have been. I don't know what it'll look like by the time we get through today. But um, yeah, to, to, to bring it back to the Eagles, though. Uh, yeah, Stoutland's probably not going to be happy this week. Um, <laughs> he's never going to be happy about all the false starts. The, the holding... I mean, come on, you could call holding on every play. That, that's what blocking is, essentially. And so it becomes what you're going to call and what you can get away with. But the false starts, that's definitely something that you, you can't have. They, like I said, the Eagles had a huge margin today. The offense played great. The defense played great. The special teams played good. But you, you don't want to make an, a habit of narrowing those margins. And, you know, that would matter if it was a playoff game, maybe. It didn't matter today, and it's not really something I expect to happen moving forward. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. So the other big storyline of today was obviously the A.J. Brown revenge game. And obviously, my baby is can't believe that, you know, the Titans did something as wild as traded us A.J. Brown. But 
We are going to bring in Johnny Page to break down one of the plays to AJ Brown today. Hello there. That was a perfect timing with the baby being very upset about uh, AJ Brown being traded. Uh, but there we go. Well, are you telling um, are you telling me that Jess is raising play. a Titans fan that's upset that it's slightly worrying. I mean, after that game, if uh, if they were there, then absolutely no chance because it wasn't very competitive today. Um, right, I'm, I'm going to break, to be honest, it was a weird one to choose a play for today because there was a lot of plays that could have been chosen. So I wanted to choose something just to sort of open up a discussion, really. Um, in the third quarter, about five minutes left, the Eagles went uh, four by one. So they had four wide receivers stacked on one side of the field. And they had AJ Brown all alone on the left. Hertz was an empty. And the reason why I bring up this play is because all of you are going to or um, the Titans defender deciding to twist A.J. Brown's ankle, which it looked quite obvious on the replay he did that. But the reason why I brought it up was because I think it's the perfect example of how basic the Eagles' offense is, but in a really good way. If you think about it from a defensive point of view, when you put A.J. Brown as the lone wide receiver and you see four on the other side, you have to have four covering four defenders obviously covering the uh, Eagles four wide receivers and even that I mean you could do quite a lot of things out of that you still got Devontae Smith you still got Quez Watkins that leaves them one-on-one -on -one. so that's still pretty decent four on four then you've got AJ Brown one-on-one uh, -on -one, basically and they're desperate to keep sort of two high safeties at the same time with Titans that's the way they play their defense you basically can't win if you don't double AJ Brown you're going to have AJ Brown one-on-one -on -one, and it's just a simple hitch but AJ Brown's normally going to win those routes eight times out of 10, unless it's an elite cornerback. And then the very next play, the Eagles stay in the exact same formation and then Jalen Hurst runs it. And it would have been a first down, but it was another holding call, as you've already discussed. Um, but it's just the beauty of this offense. I think they don't schematically do anything amazing. They don't scheme open wide receivers, but they don't need to because their wide receivers win easily. So some people sometimes criticize this offense for being quite basic and, you know, it's just an RPO. And it, but it's like, well, you go and stop it then. Unless you've got a team that are going to be able to stop Jalen Hurts from empty with five defenders in the box, which is really difficult. Take away Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins in one-on-one -on -one coverage and take away Adrian Brown in one-on-one -on -one coverage. It's just, it's so basic, but I love the play. And I think, um, I'll share it in a minute, but it's such an easy play because it's just, it's so simple, but that's what the Eagles offense is. They do nothing fancy, in my opinion, Eagles offense. They just have better players than pretty much every other team they'll face. And unless, obviously, they get some serious injuries, there's not many teams that can handle what the Eagles can do. So I think we'll play the, uh, we'll show the play now, but maybe we'll have a little discussion after just about how basic this Eagles offense, but also how fun it is to watch. And there you have it. It's one of the most simple plays you'll ever see, Shane. But I thought it was just a lovely one to talk about because of how simple but effective it is when you use that formation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you go four by one, you have to push your coverage to the other side. And what are you going to do? Are, are you going to get up and challenge that five-yard curl route? Because Brown has shown, he showed earlier in this game that he's capable of taking it over the top on you. So I think what you said is perfect. Like the Eagles are just better than you are. They have better players. And you can't possibly stop everything that they can throw at you in, in a given play. If you want to get up on Brown there, he can take you deep. If you play off, he gives you that. If you if you put another safety over there, you're giving numbers to the four wide receiver side or you're giving a light box for Hertz to run up the middle. There's just so many options that the offense can kill you with. I, I don't know how you stop it. 
No, it's one of those things. I mean, I got I sort of got a bit sarcastic in my last couple of articles about um, some people saying the Eagles' offense was figured out against the Colts, as if the RPO is like this thing that you can just figure out, like the read option. It's like, oh, once you stop it, everyone's going to do it. If you play the numbers in the passing game on an RPO and the Eagles simply hand the ball off, they can still win just by being really good at run blocking. It's, there's no there's no magic trick to stopping a run play. Uh, it's one of those things with the Eagles' offense that, as you said, it's almost the, the way you stop it is by being a very, very good defense with good players everywhere. You need to have two good cornerbacks that can take great Eagles one-on-one uh, wide receivers, preferably one-on-one, because you probably need an extra man in the box at all times to account for the fact that Hurts can run the ball. Um, I mean, that's the only way you can stop it. And there's not many teams that are that good. Um, and those defenses will pretty much stop anyone. So... Uh, it would just be really interesting to see as, as they play more difficult defences. But the Titans are a pretty good defence and the Eagles were about as impressive as you can possibly be today um, over on offence. I thought it was a complete obliteration, really. That game wasn't close. That fell over really early on. Yeah, to, to do the... I mean, if you think about stopping the Eagles' defence, your defence, or excuse me, stopping the Eagles' offence your defense has to be complete as their offense is like the Colts were able to have some success because they have, you know, they, they have a phenomenal defensive line, a defensive front that's able to uh, clog the middle. They were able to scrape with those linebackers and they've got the secondary behind it to make it a rough game for you. Well, the Titans have a really good defensive front. We just saw today. They don't have the secondary behind it. And so, you know, could they stop the Eagles run game? I think they probably could. The Eagles didn't really try to force it because you can just exploit a different weakness. And I've said before that I think that's one area where the Eagles have an edge over a team like the Chiefs or a team like the Bills. Like the Chiefs and the Bills might have a better passing offense than the Eagles do. But if you look at their overall offense, they struggle in the running game. Both teams do where the Eagles do not. And so, you know, if you're a defense playing the Chiefs or you're playing the Bills, you want to play a lot of light boxes, put every drop eight into coverage, like dare them to run the football because they're not very good at it. Make them throw into, you know, the strength of your defense. With the Eagles, you just don't have that option because they can truly take whatever you're giving them and do it at an elite level. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure we can touch on Jalen Hurts for a long, long time, but how calm is that guy in the pocket? I mean, it's just for his development this past offseason. I mean, everyone knows who's followed me for a while. Um, people have read my stuff. I would openly be a doubter. Like, there was no doubt going to last season. I think I was very fair on him. I said he was a top 12, 14 quarterback. I didn't see that progression. If you had told me two years ago, we'd have watched a passing game from Jaden Hurst that looked like it did today, I'd have probably laughed you off because he, if he couldn't run today, if he had zero mobility, that would have, he'd have still played really well. How many times does he miss open receivers where he just reads the play wrong? His, the way he reads coverage pre-snap, the way he can sort of check it down today, he was quite comfortable. If the Titans were taking away the routes, he can eliminate what's not there and get it down to his check down quickly. I mean, he is really, really developing well. And I think Sirianni and Shane Steichen deserve huge credit for that. But as you said, the Eagles can do everything. They can do a very standard drop-back passing game. They can run the screen game. They can run the RPO game. They can simply overpower you. They can run some power. They can run some trap. They can run some wham blocks. I mean, they've, they've pretty much got every tool in the toolbox. It gets to the point where on Twitter today, I'm arguing whether Quez Watkins is good enough to be a wide receiver free. That's the that's the level of discussion we're at now. Is I mean, I think Quez Watkins is a really good player. 
but that's where we're at. That's the thing to complain about is, could we really upgrade our wide receiver three? I mean, this offense is so loaded. And keep in mind, they haven't even got um, one of the best tight ends in the league today as well. Um, it's pretty exciting. I mean, it's very exciting. Yeah, and it, it, it Hurts only rushes for 12 yards today. But even the threat of his mobility, like on, on the long touchdown pass to A.J. Brown, where he ran over the defender on the double move, if you watch the pass rush on that play, the defensive end just like engaged the tackles and just stopped like purely in a contain. Don't let Hertz get outside of you. Don't even rush him. And whereas Hertz of last year, or maybe even earlier this year, to be honest, where he might've hit the top of his drop, his first reads not there. And he would have looked to roll out and rolled into that pressure. He was happy to stand there and just wait and wait. And then it's wide open because there's no pass rush. It's just, again, the deep, you want to you want to rush him. You want to blitz. They had the blitz where they brought a linebacker untouched, I think, through the A gap, and Hertz just calmly rolls out to the right and finds a guy downfield. He's just he, he's been masterful this year. He doesn't put the ball in danger. Uh, he's willing to take whatever you're going to give him, and you know he'll have instances of spotty pocket management, but overall he more than makes up for it with his playmaking ability and the, the leap that he's taken from last year to this year and and the improvements he makes week over week it's what truly makes the team special it's what makes them a super bowl contender yeah the only issue i have with hurts is i saw a lot of people today talking about extending his contract and i've always been someone who says you don't give running backs a second contract so i don't know if the eagles are going to have to change their policy on that but i think he's earning one Uh, he's looking pretty good yeah well there's not a lot of running backs that throw for 380 yards in a game, I guess, to be fair. So I I caught some flack last week. Uh, It was, uh, it was one of his runs. I think it was, I I don't remember. It was one of like his 40 yard runs where I said that Hertz is the best running back on the Eagles roster. And that is not a shot at his ability to throw the football, but he's just so dynamic running with the ball in his hands. Um, Let's flip it over to the defense a little bit, Johnny, you know, the, the run defense has been problematic for the Eagles and they they really just shut Derrick Henry down today. Uh, he does not ever really get going. The Titans kind of bailed on the run game early on, I thought. Um, what did you see? Obviously, they got Jordan Davis back, and they were able to play uh, Davis and Linval Joseph side-by-side side sometimes. Uh, but what did you see from the Eagles' defense? How are they attacking the Titans in the run game? Yeah, but I don't think Jordan Davis played very much at all, did he? The, the, the announcer sort of spoke about a sort of injury. I'm guessing we'll find out more pretty soon after. Hopefully that's not a recurrence. But I'm sort of quite controversial here. But I mean, like Linval Joseph has played nearly as well. I mean, what a ridiculously good free agent signing that was. And even seeing Sue out there makes me feel uh, very happy. I mean, I know you're a big fan of EPA per play and the data, um, Shane. When you look at the Tyson's early run game today, negative 3-9 EPA, 19% success rate. I mean, that is pretty much unheard of for an early down run. I mean, the Eagles run defense was fantastic. And basically, as you said, what they've done is they're just committing to, a, they're basically accepting, which is what I think a lot of us have been calling for, that they can't play four-man fronts anymore. Um, for the funny enough, today they actually did on second down and they still stopped the run. But they are just admitting that they have to play five-man fronts at all times. It will limit their coverage slightly. And I wrote about this last week. But it's allowing them to stop the run. And basically their plan is just stop the run on first down, then get back into their normal four-man front and then play the pass. 
I will think one thing that stood out to me today, which I'm not sure a lot of people would have noticed, and that's not because I was uh, anything different, just because I was looking out for it, is I felt Darius Slade got off lightly last week because you watched some of those touchdowns last week. He was pretty lazy in run defense, and Slay is very, very good, but we saw before the Eagles uh, traded for him that he was weak against the run. And there was a few plays last week there. I'm not questioning his effort hugely, but he just looked a little bit, a little bit lost, a little bit not really all there. In the first drive today, I saw James Bradbury make two plays on Derek Henry. And then later on, I saw Slay make a tackle as well. I think it's like a four-yard gain. I'm probably going to write about it this week, uh, include it in the um, article that I do. Because that, to me, is a big deal. Yes, you can stop the run with your front five, but stopping the run like everything in football is a team sport. Sometimes you will need your secondary to come up and play a run fit. And what teams have been doing is they've been forcing the Eagles cornerbacks to play the run. Um, I, I don't know if the Titans did that as much today. I don't think they did, um, to be honest. But I saw at least three occasions, and I said I was looking out for it, where Slay and Bradbury were making plays in the run game. Marcus Epps had a massive play on the first drive, possibly even the first or second play of the game uh, against the run. So I think that is a really big deal. If the front, if they stay in that five-band front and they can get their secondary play against the run better, then, yeah, it's just there's not many weaknesses with this team. Um, I think you're going to get to the point where teams are actually going to start throwing it a lot on first down because they're going to try and take advantage of the fact that the Eagles are playing a five-man front. Um, but it's sort of, you don't want to throw on this Eagles team because the pass defense is so good. So, yeah, that's what I saw. Five-man fronts and increased secondary play as well. Um, what about you? Yeah, it seemed like it was really important for the Eagles to uh, not give up big yardage on early downs in the run, which they didn't. And then they needed to win when they got to third downs, and they just did. Six sacks. Like when the Eagles can pin their ears back and rush the passer, they have one of the best pass rushes in the league. Um, now, it's not as effective, you know, like you said, when you have to get into those five-man fronts to stop the run, but it feels like they're zeroing in on the formula that works. And it's always going to be a bit of a guessing game. Uh, but with a team like the Titans, you know what they want to do. They want to run the ball early. And you saw them try to get into some play action looks on first down to take advantage of that. And it just didn't work. So I feel like the Eagles defense has become less like at the beginning of the year, it was we have a run defense and we have a pass defense and they're entirely separate and they don't work together at all. And it feels like those two are starting to get married together a little bit. And, you know, at this point, there's a few more weeks left in the regular season to sort of spin those dials and get it tuned in perfectly for a playoff run. But I really like the direction the defense has taken. Um, obviously, the loss to the well, the victory over the Texans, the loss to the Commanders sort of opened some eyes on the run defense, but I don't think it was ever that the Eagles can't stop the run. It was that they structured their defense in such a way that they were going to force you to convert a whole lot of third downs and, and execute 12, 13 play drives. And teams have tried that. The Titans wanted to try it today. Only one team's been able to pull it off, the Commanders, and it still took a lot of a lot of miscues from the offense. So I feel like the Eagles defense is really good. The offense is clicking on all cylinders. It's the Eagles aren't going to beat themselves and and they're not just going to let your number one thing beat them. Like it's going to take a lot of things coming together for you to beat them. And 
And you have to feel pretty confident about the Eagles moving forward. Yeah, I mean, we've spoke a lot about the defense. I've defended Gannon pretty much all year. I think you have as well quite a lot. Um, last week, I was actually quite critical of the defense. That was probably my least favorite game I've watched. But it was a weird game because there were so many short fields. But you can't have it all in this league. You can't. You can't play too high every snap and then outnumber the uh, offense in the box. You have to have an area of weakness. And the Eagles, as we've said, have clearly become a, they believe that the way you win is stopping explosive plays in the pass game. That's what they do incredibly well. Even last year when they weren't that good, they still did that really well. Slay is clearly a pass first uh, defensive back, as is um, Gardner-Johnson when he was healthy, as is Bradbury, even someone like a Kaiser White, who plays in basically every single snap, except for the ones when they go five uh, man front with one linebacker. He also wants to play against the run first. And even their edge defender, someone like Hassan Reddick, is, was signed to get after the quarterback. That, the way they play is they want you to pass the ball. That is how they feel confident. So you are going to get games where they give up the run. We'll all moan about it, but it will just become, it's, an, it's almost a part of the way they, they set themselves up to play on defense. So if they can set themselves up with that way and then actually allow a 19% success rate against Derrick Henry, then you're sort of thinking, I mean, like that defense is going to be very, very special because if they can really stop the run down the stretch, that will be um, huge. That'd be absolutely massive. Um, I also want to give a quick shout out to TJ Edwards again, who I just think has played so well. And I got him so wrong. Um, I really did not think he had anywhere near the athleticism to play in this league. Um, I thought he'd be found out. You can go back and search him on tweets. I don't believe him. Uh, I felt he just didn't have the athleticism, basically. But he has developed so, so well. Um, and yeah, there was, I know you spoke about the sacks. That third down pass rush the Eagles right now, Reddick, Sweat, Cox and Hargrave. I mean, that is, because Cox is playing again. I mean, I think we've got our defensive tackle, Matt. Now he's playing less snaps. He's looking good. That is an unbelievable pass rushing four. There are not many teams that can roll out a pass rushing um, four like that. I mean, that is scary if you're an offensive coordinator looking at how the hell do you block those four guys. Um, it's similar to the offense, really. You have to double team a few of them, and it's going to leave some of them in one-on-one -on -one matchups. And as we said earlier, the Eagles are just, they're better. They've got better players than most teams they play against on both sides of the ball. Yeah. All right. Well, let's bring Rachel in. Rachel, uh, you put out our three words on Twitter. I, I can't imagine after a game like this that there's too much negativity floating around. But uh, what, what are some of your favorites that you've seen? What's the word on Twitter right now? This is probably I say this. I've been saying this the last few weeks because the Eagles are doing so well. But this, I think, is really a record. I have seen nobody mention like fire anyone. I've never seen that. You know, after the three word, you know, we dropped a three word reaction. I'll start with the negative because we don't have too many of them. Um, penalties for everyone. That was probably the, the worst one I saw. Penalties disrupt rhythm. That's really like the worst one I've seen so far. But everything else has been hurt so good. Hurts MVPs, special, good special teams, like question mark, but like exclamation point with it. <laughs> Covey for president. Fire no one, question mark. Uh, Covey's best <laughs> game so we can overcome that was a really strong one to like end on but I've never seen it this positive so this is like a record yeah well is the Eagles most dom I would say this is the Eagles most dominant win of the year I mean you could throw the Vikings game in there but we didn't know how good the Vikings really were at that point to be honest we still don't know exactly how good the Vikings are so uh, coming into a game like this and just dominating whistle to whistle like 
this game was just never in doubt. You were never concerned about this game. And I, I don't know that there's been a game like that this year. Even the Vikings game early, you, you were a little nervous about Justin Jefferson. This one just from the opening kickoff, you just felt good about this game after the Eagles went on their first drive. The only thing that I like wonder is if there weren't as many penalties as there were, like how much more they would have dominated. Cause that's the only thing that like really, really like held them back today. So just imagine if they didn't have the penalties, like that would have been insane. Yeah. I, I appreciate the penalties. It just kept pushing the ball back. It gave Jalen hurts more yards to throw for. Mm -hmm. So we needed a, if he had a few more penalties, he might've got to 400 yeah. <laughs> yeah. or if he played the last 10 minutes of the game, that too. you know, that too. All right. Yeah. And we, and we did, we touched on this very early on with Jess, but the opportunity for a fire someone, it kind of fell away this week. Cause even in a performance like this, you could have expected some fire Michael clay, uh, except the special teams kind of showed up today. I, I don't know. Was this just a long con all season? Yeah. I mean, I get people tweeting at me every week. Like, can you please break down the special teams? And I'm like, I have no idea what is going on. Like go and find a special teams coach somewhere. I've, that every bit of reading I can about this sport, I have no idea what today it looked good. I'm very basic, but it just looked to me like their punter kicked it too far. That's pretty much my analysis is he kicked it too far. And every time uh, Kobe caught the ball, there's like 15 yards ahead of him. And then we'd all go, wow. And I'm like, did he actually, I'm sorry, I'm being mean, I'm being mean to him now. But he just looked to me like that was my very simple analysis was they kicked the ball too far. Um, but that's really basic. Uh, yeah, that's about as basic as it gets, but that's it. Yeah, and all the tremendous detail of the sport that you can learn how to break down, special teams is nowhere near the high, the top of the list for things that I need to go learn. No. All right. Well, uh, Johnny, do you have any final thoughts? Anything else you want to get out there about this game before we before we wrap up? I just tweeted something, which I'm going to now, in terrible podcast form, find. Uh, find. If uh, some people get a little bit confused by the EPA per play and the numbers and stuff, this is quite a simple way of explaining it. Essentially, uh, Tua, the Dolphins quarterback, is number one this year with 0.4 EPA per play. Uh, Hurts had 0.51 today. So that's outrageous. And the best quarterback in the year is Josh Allen with success rate of 54%. Jalen Hurts had a success rate of 58%. And I think, as we've said, if that game was close, that includes some of the last few drives that Hurts was playing when he wasn't really trying. If the Titans were like going back and forth in that game, Hertz's numbers could have been absolutely outrageous because that defense could not stop anything. Um, so, yeah, uh, as you all know, uh, that was quite a difficult four hours for me because I had the England uh, national team on one screen, uh, the Eagles on another screen, I had red zone on the TV. So, uh, England win, Eagles win. It's been a very lovely Sunday evening for me. So, I will take it. All right. Well, you guys make sure you're following Johnny on Twitter at Johnny page nine. He'll have an all 22 thread for offense and defense coming out this week. And of course he does great work for uh, writing for bleeding green nation, his film reviews and his by the numbers pieces. So make sure you are checking those out. Rachelle, is there anything else that you wanted to shout out uh, before we get out of here? Just a little final thought. This was probably one of the most, like going into this game, I thought it was going to be one of the tougher games that the Eagles were going to face in this last stretch. And I'm feeling really, really confident after that, um, knowing like, okay, we got the Giants, but I think they'll be fine against the Giants, like the Saints, the Bears, Cowboys, that might be interesting. But I'm very, very confident and just happy, you know, for the birds right now. And this is a great place to be in. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a great feeling. Uh, the Eagles 
dominating the offense specifically after a couple of tough weeks, put up 40 on the Packers with 500 yards of offense. They, you know, put up 35 on the Titans. They could have put up more, maybe got to 50 again, uh, winning in different ways. Uh, the Eagles move to 11 and one. They do have a chance to clinch a playoff spot today. Not like that's in doubt, but they could officially clinch the playoffs. I believe it's if the 49ers lose uh, this afternoon. I think that's the other piece of the puzzle that needs to fall into place. So uh, it's not like they're in any danger of missing, but they could theoretically clinch a playoff spot this afternoon. Uh, it's always nice to win a game. It's always nice for it not to be at midnight when we're finishing up the show talking about a win. So we will sign off of here. The Eagles win 35 to 10. They move to 11 and one. They've got a big game next week against the Giants that maybe doesn't feel so big after the Giants tie the commanders, but uh, lots of good vibes around the Eagles this week. Uh, should be a great week moving into hopefully another dominating performance against the Giants. So uh, from everybody on the show, thank you guys for joining us for the Bleeding Green Nation instant reaction show. We appreciate all of your comments, all of your tweets. Uh, if you are watching later or listening later on iTunes, be sure and give us five-star rating and review. That really helps us get the show out there. Uh, so thank you to everyone. And I will sign off of here saying go birds. 